Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 54 of the podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about free agency, winners and losers in the NBA. There have been some massive moves. The entire landscape of the league has changed, but some teams remain on top and some teams have fallen mightily. Let's start off with NBA winners. As I'm recording this podcast, last night, Kawhi Leonard signed a four-year, $142 million deal with the LA Clippers. Oh, and by the way, they traded for Paul George, who's already under a long-term contract. Last season, he signed a long-term massive haul to stay with the Oklahoma City Thunder when he called Russell Westbrook his ideal partner in crime. Wow, have things changed. This kind of mood only happens in this league, where Paul George ultimately wanted to return to his hometown, L.A., and play with, let's be it, a better player in Kawhi Leonard, a championship-level player. These are two top 10 players who are probably two of the best two-way players the NBA has to offer. Paul George finished third in MVP last season, and Kawhi Leonard won finals MVP. Kawhi Leonard has two finals MVPs. This is a pairing that could have happened, remember, in Indiana, when Indiana traded away Kawhi Leonard for George Hill. This is a pairing that could have happened all the way back then, and now they are finally together. Sorry, Pacers fans, you could have had a Kawhi Leonard Paul George team up a while ago but the fact that this is happening now I remember at the time the Indiana was saying that Kawhi Leonard is too similar to Paul George well that doesn't seem to be an issue for the LA Clippers who come out to me the biggest winner of free agency they get to keep Patrick Beverly their elite level defender at point guard and they add two of the best offensive and defensive players in the game this is a huge win for the Clippers they basically trade away Tobias Harris, who to me isn't worth the max. Trade away Danilo Gallinari, who they weren't going to keep anyway. And the really only sacrifice here is Shea Gillisley Alexander, who I think is going to be quite good. But is he ever going to be Kawhi Leonard, Paul George good? No. Yes, the five first, ra- five first draft first round draft picks are a huge haul to give up. But this is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. This isn't Blake Griffin and Chris Paul anymore. These are two top 10 players. You are going to be at your all-time height as an NBA franchise. This is You basically now have a four-year window to win a championship with these two players. They are not in here for the short term. This is the long haul. You have Doc Rivers. You have Kawhi Leonard. You have Paul George. You have Patrick Beverly. You got to keep Lou Williams. You still have Montrez Harrell. You still have so many of the key core from last, last year's team that made the playoffs without Tobias Harris. You keep a lot of them. You still have some financial flexibility to add. So many elite level free agents left or minimum players are going to sign with you because they want the chance to win the NBA championship. The LA Clippers are the clear number one reigning team this offseason. They have definitely won the offseason. And the fact that Kawhi, his team, and the Clippers were able to keep this Paul George team up a secret is a huge win for them. I mean, the fact that no one saw this coming is gigantic. It is a move that no one in the league predicted was going to happen. Paul George, a year after saying that Russell Westbrook was his ideal partner, 
a year after choosing a small market Oklahoma City Thunder to basically stay with them. Everyone thought he was going to stay there and then sign another max. Now it seems like LA is his clear home. This is his third team. Now this is this is one wild pickup that no one saw coming. And the fact that they basically acquired him and Kawhi Leonard is a huge victory for the LA Clippers. They are no longer little brothers in LA. They have fortified themselves to be the better basketball team going forward. So they are my clear number one winners in NBA free agency. The fact that you turn Tobias Harris to Nilo Gallinari, Shea Gillisley Alexander, and a bunch of first-round draft picks that weren't even yours. Remember, they acquire a bunch of these first-round draft picks this offseason and turn that into Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're the best-run organization, and now they have the best players to go along with it. So, best organization and best players, I think that means they're my favorite to win the NBA championship next season. The other big winners this free agency, the Nets land, Kyrie Irving, and oh, by the way, Kevin Durant. And the odd one in this pairing is DeAndre Jordan. That He's the third wheel, and they wanted him, and they signed for less to get DeAndre Jordan a $10 million contract. I'm sure the Nets wish that, the, the, that Kyrie and KD wanted to play with a third, a better third player. I mean, DeAndre Jordan is past his prime. He's going to get his 10 rebounds. But they have Jared Allen, who, by the way, is probably better than DeAndre Jordan at this point. The, the Nets get to keep their young core, and they get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But to me, the big mystery here is the first year. Now that Kawhi and Paul George are on the Clippers... The Nets are not going to be championship contenders the first year, but will Kawhi, will Kyrie Irving be able to mold and lead this team better than he would my Boston Celtics? We shall see, but this is a huge victory for this team. But there is a cautionary tale to this. This is not the first time the Nets have seemingly won an offseason. Remember they added Joe Johnson and Darren Williams, and those guys wanted to team up with one another. Then they had Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. They had a star team at one point, and that blew up in their face. Just because you get the stars doesn't mean it's going to work out. Now, Kenny Atkinson is a good head coach. I think they're going to be a really good basketball team at some point. If Kevin Durant returns to form, that's a huge question. His injury concerns is clearly relevant in this equation, but I, I think this is a move that had to be done for this team. This is the team that needed to take that next step. They definitely beat the Knicks in becoming the team of New York. So now the Clippers and, and the Nets are the teams of their cities. That is a huge victory for world teams. I like these moves. I like Kevin Durant move, obviously, and I like the Kyrie Irving move. Kyrie is Kyrie going to love it there? Kyrie didn't love Cleveland, didn't love Boston. Is he going to love Brooklyn? Only time will tell. But this is a move that they had to make. Although the Nets have won the offseason before and they've won it again, but will this time that equal victory? Or will it end up in shambles like it did before? I mean, I mean, there is a concern of trading, De- getting rid of D'Angelo Russell, overhauling that young team that aspired for something. That's always a concern for me. The Clippers, I don't think, had that same concern because they didn't have that young star play. I mean, Shea Gillisley Alexander's nice, but he's not D'Angelo Russell nice. I think it's a huge, it's a bigger risk for the Nets to overhaul than it is for the Clippers. So that's why I think that's an interesting move. But these, this team clearly is one of the big winners in, fran- in free agency right now. To get two, again, top 10 players to join your team is a huge win 
for the Nets, who take over New York. Let's talk about the second biggest winner of free agency in the Western Conference for me. That is the Utah Jazz. Two years ago, we all thought it was over for the Jazz when they lost Gordon Hayward to the Boston Celtics. Then they get this young, exciting rookie, Donovan Mitchell, and now they are building a core around him. They add Bojan Bogdanovic to the mix, who had a career postseason against my Boston Celtics. He was a force in that series. He's a great three-point shooter, and I thought it was a brilliant move to add him him to the mix. They wanted to get Nikola Mirotic. He went off to Europe, so they add Bajanovic to add to Mike Conley. Mike Conley is a seriously really good point guard. He's not elite level. He's not a top five point guard. He's somewhere in the top 10, but I love the move of adding him, and I love the move. You you replace Rubio with Conley. That's a huge upgrade. You get Bogdanovich, you replace him. You get him and you replace Derek Favors. That's a huge upgrade. This team is upgrading their roster to go around with the core of Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell, which is the right way to go. This team is on the rise. Quinn Schneider is one of the most underrated coaches in the league right now. If you ask me, the Utah Jazz are the second best team in the Western Conference, only behind the Clippers who I've talked about. This is a huge offseason for the Jazz. Bogdanovich is a serious scoring big that you add to go with Mitchell. Now Mitchell can play off ball more with Mike Conley. This team is going to win 55 to 60 games pretty easily in the West, I think. I love this team. I love this team's roster right now. They have a nice bench. This is a team to look out for. If you're not expecting the Jazz to be very good, you are quite frankly wrong. Donovan Mitchell now gets to be the 25 points per game score without having to pass the ball because Conley's going to be there. Now, health concerns for Conley are true, but now you have another option if Conley goes down and Bojanovic to score the ball. That was the problem with the Jazz last year. Not enough guys to score the ball. And now you have the reigning defensive player of the year in Gobert. They're a nice team, and they will contend for a championship. Let's head back east and talk about a team that also won free agency here. The Indiana Pacers, with a surprise move, meet an offer sheet with Malcolm Brogdon for $85 million and steal him from the Milwaukee Bucks. To me, Malcolm Brogdon is a Marcus Smart type player, but now you go with a backcourt with him and a healthy Victor Oladipo, and you become probably the best defensive backcourt only to the Clippers. Yeah, that team that has Kawhi. Paul George and Patrick Beverly. But the Pacers have a pretty good defensive backcourt of their own. And they add Jeremy Lamb for three years, $30 million. He's a scoring player. So you replace some of the scoring you lose in Bogdanovich. And you get Malcolm Brogdon, who is a 50-40-90 guy. He'll shoot 50% from the field. He'll shoot 40% from free and 90% from the free throw line. There are only a handful of NBA players who are able to do that. And Malcolm Brogdon is a rare talent who won Rookie of the Year by the way, and is only going to improve. I love this move by the Pacers. Again, to go along with Oladipo, to go along with so many of their nice young players, they have a nice core there with Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo, and to fill around that is a nice move. They also acquire TJ Warren and TJ McConnell. Yes, the Indiana Pacers have three guys on their roster named TJ. Those are two nice pieces. TJ McConnell was a force against the Boston Celtics in the NBA playoffs last season. I like that move. So you get a backup point guard. You basically 
replace your point guard who retired Darren Collison with Malcolm Brogdon and TJ McConnell. I think that's a huge upgrade. I think the Indiana Pacers are on the, on the rise. They have two of the best young bigs in the league right now in Miles Turner and Sabonis. Sabonis is a beast just like his father. A great young passing big man. He re- he really took some of his abilities from his father. The Pacers are on the rise in the East. They are one of those teams that I suspect will be a top three seed in the East. Let's talk about a team that was in the bottom of the East last season. The Miami Heat had no superstar, didn't like they were going to do anything, and then Pat Riley acquires Jimmy Butler in a sign-and-trade. Yeah, he traded Josh Richardson and a bunch of players away. Hassan Whiteside is no longer Miami Heat. This is a different Miami Heat team, but this team, Miami, they need stars to be there, and Jimmy Butler is a star. I love this move. I think it's the way to go. No, they're not championship contenders, but I think they will be in the playoffs next season. Somewhere between 8, 7, and 6 is where I suspect Jimmy Butler is going to ball in Miami. I think he's got something to prove. I think he wants to be the alpha dog. I think he wants to be on a team like this where he doesn't have to deal with young superstar players. He's no longer playing with the Joel Embiid's. He's no longer playing with the Ben Simmons. He's no longer playing with the Andrew Wiggins. He's no longer playing with the Carl Anthony Towns. This is his team and his team alone. It has a young core alongside him a little bit, and then it's got a it's a veteran laden team with Goran Dragic who might not be there at the beginning of the season. But listen, this is going to be a team that is going to get, make the playoffs because Jimmy Butler is going to will them to the playoffs. This is a clutch player, and Jimmy Butler wins games. He has not been the number one option on a team since Chicago, and he is he is gone from the Tom Thibodeaus. He is gone. From the bad coaching he got in Philadelphia. He hasn't got along with the head coach in a while. I think maybe he'll get along with their expulsion, but I suspect this Miami Heat team to be a pretty decent team and they are going to compete. I love Jimmy Butler and I hope he really does get the chance for this to be his team, at least for a season, because I think Jimmy does want to pair with another superstar in Miami. I think that's probably the plan, but in year one, this is going to be his team and I think they're going to be Again, the 8-7 or the 6 seed, which isn't that nice, but I think they're going to compete hard, and I love the move, Jimmy Butler, to Miami. I understand why he didn't want to go to Philly. He's sick of playing with those young players who are ahead of him and aren't winning games. They're not. Ben Simmons wasn't going to develop a a jump shot while Jimmy Butler was there. So he basically has to do all the work and get none of the credit. And I think that can be maddening at times. Speaking of the Sixers, they are also huge winners, adding Al Horford to a four-year $109 million. And they also traded for Josh Richardson, who's a nice young player, 16 points a game. He'll probably start a two-guard for them. They also lose J.J. Redick. More on that in a minute. But I, I like this move. I don't love this move because in year three of the Al Horford contract, things are going to look dicey for them. He's going to be on a load restriction at some point. And listen, I get why Joel Embiid, you need another player, but they're kind of too similar to me. I don't I don't really love that. Going big in an era where Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to be on the same team, that's dicey. But are they better than they were last year? I mean, they also re-signed Tobias Harris to a $190 million contract. Tobias Harris is going to have to ball to earn that money. And Ben Simmons is going to get a $170 million extension. They're all in on Simmons and Bede and Harris. Those are their core. And now Al Horford adds to that core. Is Josh Richardson going to add a lot to it? I think so. He's a nice defender. They're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion.
The question here is, are they going to make it to the NBA Finals? Finally, this is the year. This is the year for that team. This is the year for their coach to prove it, or they might have to look at coaching moves. This is the year for that team to succeed. If they don't do it this year, the window is like four years with Al. I mean, if you're not going to win, if you're going to win with this core, it's got to be in the next two years. They are on a timeline here. Even though Ellen Brand is paying people like crazy, they have a three-year window to get the chip, and they better get it done. Or things are going to change in Philly again. Ben Simmons has to develop something. Joel Embiid has to be more clutch. And now, without their clutch player, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris has to step it up. And I don't know if he will. Even with all those questions, I think they are winners. Because they did add Horford and Richardson to the mix, who are winners in my mind. And now let's talk about the Pelicans, who also were winners in free agency. Not only did they draft Zion Williamson, they had J.J. Redick and Derek Favors to go along with a young core that's going to include Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. That is a nice bunch of players right there. That is a good nucleus of players. They are adding to their team. Zion Williamson doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting early on. Still have Drew Holiday in the mix to guide the way and be your best player for a year while Zion is developing. And then you add Redick and you add Derek Favors, who is a nice piece. And you still have Jaleel Okavor, who showed you something last year. This is going to be an exciting Pelicans team that, to me, could be the eighth seed in the West. They'll be competing with the Sacramento Kings of the world for that spot, the San Antonio Spurs of the world. Now the Oklahoma City Thunders of the world without Paul George. I mean, they'll be competing for a playoff spot, which is, it's a brilliant way to go. I mean, they have done a brilliant job since David Griffin has done a brilliant job since becoming president of basketball operations. Oh, he's only got, he doesn't get credit for getting Zion, but he does get credit for getting J.J. Redick. Derek Favors, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart to the mix. Get all the young players, add some veterans to it, and you have yourself a heck of a basketball team. What a move for David Griffin and the Pelicans. A clear step up from where they were. They were abysmal last season, losing Anthony Davis and all that chaos, and now they have rebounded nicely. All those teams are winners, and there are losers. There are some teams that are in between winning and losing this offseason me so I'll go through them very fast the Celtics signed Kemba Walker and his canter listen I'm not going to call them winners and I'm not going to call them losers they're my team but they did lose Kyrie Irving Al Horford probably Marcus Morris Terry Rogier, that's not a huge loss to me, but listen, they did lose many of their core players last season, and even though they weren't great, Kyrie Irving is better than Kemba Walker, and I would have liked to have kept Al Horford. They are, they are somewhere in between. I don't know if Kemba Walker's the answer, but it's something that they had to do. And Ennis Cantor's a nice little pickup. But again, it's not a massive move. So they are in the in-between. The Warriors, they lose Kevin Durant. They were able to keep Clay Thompson. They're somewhere in between. They signed D'Angelo Russell. I like the move. I don't love the move. They get Willie Colley signed. They they re-signed some of their players. It's it's a nice it's a nice offseason for the Warriors. But listen, you lose Kevin Durant, I'm not gonna call you winners. They're in the in-between. How about the Sacramento Kings? They keep Harrison Barnes. They add Trevor Ariza. They're a nice team. I don't love them. I mean, I think a lot of their, a lot, Marvin Bagley Jr. needs to take the next step. Like, and a lot of their young players need to take the next step. They didn't get that huge free agency move I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to land Horford possibly. 
They didn't. Maybe there's another move to be made there, but they did not win the offseason. They did not lose the offseason. And finally, the Lakers. Listen, they didn't get Kawhi Leonard. They did trade for Anthony Davis, and they did sign Danny Green. They re-signed Caldwell Pove. They got JaVale McGee back. There's some nice moves to be had for the Lakers. I'm not going to call them losers because they end up with Anthony Davis. But listen, they did lose out on Kawhi, and that's a bit of a loss. But they're not huge losers in all of this. It's a nice offseason for the Lakers. It's maybe not the dynasty offseason we all thought they were going to have. I think they're going to keep Rondo, and they'll be in the mix from some other play. Maybe they'll sign DeMarcus Cousins. That wouldn't be a great move, but it'd be a move. Now let's talk about the losers of the offseason. If you want to talk about my biggest loser of the offseason, it's the Houston Rockets, because they are no longer clear favorites to come out of the West now that the Warriors are decimated. You have the Clippers, you have the Jazz, you have the Nuggets, and the Rockets have kept their rosters the same. They're nice, but they didn't win. They didn't get Jimmy Butler. They didn't do all those moves. They didn't trade Clint Capella. They've done nothing to improve their roster, while other teams have improved rather nicely. I think they're losers in all of this. I do. The Lakers are rising. The Clippers are rising. The Jazz are rising. And uh, and some of those other teams are rising. And they, they could fall to the sixth seed in the West. That is not out of the possibility. I think they're a top four seed. But they are clearly not the title contending team I once thought they were. I think I would be shocked at this point if the Houston Rockets won a championship next season. So that's why they are on my losers list. Next, maybe the biggest loser of them all, the New York Knicks. They lose their market to the Nets. They don't land KD. They don't land Kyrie. They land Julius Randle. That is not that nice of a move. He's a nice player. Listen, I get you get RJ Barrett. Maybe you can develop him into a star. But when it comes to free agency, you lost out. You got some nice pieces, but they're not star-making pieces. In Madison Square Garden, the mecca of basketball, you need stars. How about the Bucks? The Bucks are on my loser list because they overpay for what they already had. They overpay Chris Middleton by about $20 million, in my opinion. And you could say the same for Brooke Lopez. And they got Robin Lopez. Why are they paying the Lopez brothers? Makes zero sense to me. $52 million for a guy that you developed into a three-point shooter seems a bit much to me. Couldn't you just develop another guy? You also lose Miritich to Europe. You you lose Brogdon. I think that's a huge loss defensively. This is your year to prove to Giannis Antetokounmpo to sign with you long term. You're going to have to at least go back to the Eastern Conference Finals to do that. And now that's in question. I think this was a bad free agency for the Milwaukee Bucks. And and the Charlotte Hornets, to me, are, are losers too. Three years and $58 million for Terry Rozier, and you lose Kemba Walker? That's messed up beyond belief. You wouldn't sign Kemba Walker to the max, but you'll give Terry Rozier $58 million to go along with Nicholas Batum, who you've overpaid, and a bunch of other guys like Michael Kidd Gilchrist that nobody cares about. Those are my losers of NBA free agency. And my final point on this free agency winners and losers podcast is that the NBA fans themselves are the biggest winners because parody is back. There is no longer a clear title favorite. You have teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Sixers. There are so many teams. I think I put the, maybe the Celtics in that, the Rockets in that. There are teams, the Jazz, the Pacers, 
Miami is now competing. Every team is competing at this point. NBA parity has returned to form. There is no clear title contending. Next season is going to be one of the most exciting seasons in basketball history. There is no longer that inevitable thought that the the Golden State Warriors are going to win a title because guess what? They didn't win. The Raptors did. And now the Raptors lost out on Kawhi Leonard. So now they return to form. And now the the East and the West are wide open. I can't even predict who will make the NBA Finals. NBA fans are the biggest winners here because parody has returned. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the Head Dead Podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>